Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the Spiritually Armored Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Settle, and right now you're listening to an audio-only portion of the podcast. It's our bonus material. And what we're going to do now is have a sermon that was done by Devin in a congregation that is in uh, Southern Virginia. And he's going to be opening up his Bible to Romans chapter 1. So if you would not mind, grab your Bible, tune in, and let's study God's Word together. And we'll be reading from Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And that's what our lesson will be about this morning. Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And it reads, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So before we we really talk about what we're going to get into this morning, I want to set a picture for you. Um, We know that Paul was a was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish man, and he's the author of this book. And we also know that when he when his name was Saul, um, he was persecuting the church. Uh, in Acts chapter eight, verse three, it says he was wreaking havoc on the church. And if you look at the Greek word and its definition of the word havoc, it means to devastate ruin, and even dishonor. And Paul even consented to the stoning of Stephen, um, who is called the first martyr. But here he is writing this letter to the Romans. And verses 14 through 16, he's talking about how he's ready to preach the gospel to them. And the Romans were, were uh, Gentiles, they were not Jews. So what, what an amazing turnaround. I mean, you go from consenting to stoning a Christian to being one who's eager to preach the word to a congregation in another location. So that I kind of wanted to set the background there just so we could get in the right mindset of this. But let's, uh, let's talk about how we must always be ready to unashamedly preach the gospel to all men. And I've got, I've got three points. We shouldn't be here too long, but the first one is, and this is from Romans 14, uh, chapter 1, verse 14. We must not discriminate in who we take the gospel to. And I want to take a look, look at this word, the word dead. Um, looking at the definition, it means that you are bound by some duty. So in the context here, Paul is bound by the duty of preaching the gospel to the Greeks, but also to those who are not Greek. And Paul is also bound by the duty of preaching the gospel to those who are intelligent or wise, but also those who are not intelligent or unwise. We should have the same attitude when we're preaching. We may think someone's not as smart as us or, well, they're they're in a different culture. But we have to keep an open mind and understand 
that if they have the ability, the ability to understand what we're telling them and what we're reading, they are a good candidate to spread the gospel to. We can also read throughout, throughout Scripture that the gospel of Christ is open to all who will accept it. Mark 16, 15, and 16. Matthew 28, 18-20. Both of those talk about going throughout all the world and baptizing all men and spreading the gospel. But also you see verses like uh, Luke 24, verses 46-47. through 47. Matthew 24, verse 14. Mark 13, 10. Romans 16, 26. We could go on and on. But as Christians, we are charged to take the gospel to all men. And if we know the gospel is open to all who are willing to accept it, who are we to discriminate who we preach, preach it to? And God desires all men to be saved. And that adds to the last question I asked. If God desires all men to be saved, who are we to discriminate who we take it to? Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4. through 4. It reads, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We sing the song, Soldiers of Christ, of Brides. And we see that we are to be soldiers and take the gospel everywhere we go. And also, we see this in the other scriptures that I mentioned, Matthew 28, 18-20, Mark 16, 15, and 16, that God needs the Christian to do the work of spreading the word. That is our charge as Christians. We can also look at Paul's example of not discriminating at who he took the gospel to. In Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Paul called himself the apostle of the Gentiles. It reads, For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. Think about Paul and the Jew that he was. He was very uh, passionate about his Jewish religion, but now he's a Christian. And he calls himself the Apostle of the Gentiles. Um, you know, again, there's many other scriptures where we can read that Paul calls himself the Apostle of the Gentiles. But I want to go, go back to Romans 1 and point out, Paul uses the terms Greek and barbarians. Barbarians is a word that Greeks used to describe someone who was not Greek. Or more specifically, that term means someone who didn't speak the Greek language. So what does this mean? Paul made himself Greek in order to gain the Greeks. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. First Corinthians 9, 19-23, and it reads, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, I that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, 
that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. So Paul made himself, in Romans 1, Paul made himself Greek, so that he could relate to the Greeks so that he may be able to bring more to Christ. And we should imitate that example. We should be able to understand how cultures differ, and be able to relate to them in ways like Paul did here in verse 14. We can also read about the fellowship uh, that the Jews and the Gentiles would have. Uh, and at this point, the church has been established, so they should be having this fellowship now. In Romans chapter 15, verses 9 through 12. It reads, And the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Esaias saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. So Jews and Gentiles glorify God together. They rejoice together. They praise God together. And Christ reigns over Jews and Gentiles alike. So again, the question is asked, why would we discriminate who we take the gospel to if we were to have fellowship with other groups of people? And then, intellect should be included in something we don't discriminate against. And Paul tells us that here in verse 14, and throughout his preaching of the gospel, he didn't let someone's smarts or wisdom prevent him from teaching the gospel. If a man can understand what is being taught, he is a candidate for teaching the gospel. And think about Acts 8 with Philip and the eunuch. The eunuch is traveling and Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? The eunuch says, how can I if I don't have a teacher? So Philip teaches him so that the eunuch may understand what he's reading. That's a prime example for us as we go through our lives and we are trying to spread the gospel to others. The second point I have is we must always be ready to teach the gospel with everything we have. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 4 uh, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. It reads, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. So we need to be ready to preach the word. But going back to Romans 1, verse 15, we see Paul say, as much as in me is. As we prepare to preach the gospel to all men, we have to give it everything we have. Our hearts and minds need to be fully invested in the task we're trying to accomplish. 
And bring, being prepared like that requires a few things. The first thing is we have to study our Bibles. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then also Psalm 119, 11, talking about hiding his word in our hearts. We need to make sure we have the word accessible at all times, because there may be a time when we're out, say, getting groceries, and someone expresses the need for the gospel. We have to be ready to present that to them. We have to have it in our minds. Another way we can prepare is through prayer. Uh, John chapter 17, verses 6 through 26, where Jesus is praying for his apostles and his uh, disciples. It says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they, which, uh, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them that which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those who thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in, my, in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them my word, and the, word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not the world, even as I not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou, that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, stop there for the sake of time. But Jesus prayed for his disciples, uh, so we should also pray for the work that we will do. We should pray for the harvest. We should pray for the laborers. And we should also pray for the courage to continue doing the work that we are commanded to do. And then the third thing in being prepared is keeping our minds on godly things. We should seek first his kingdom, Matthew 6.33. And if we allow our minds to drift off from things which are godly, we will be caught off guard when an opportunity to spread the gospel presents itself. From verse 15, we also see that Paul only felt the duty to preach the word, or he not only felt the duty to preach the word, but he had the willingness as well. 
And we can see this through how many letters he wrote to churches around the world. Galatians, Philemon, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Romans, and there's others. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So if we keep the attitude of Christ, we will have a willingness to give ourselves in service to the church. And then 1 Peter chapter uh, 5, verses 1 through 10. It reads, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be received. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensembles to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a, glory of, a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God res resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So if the elders of the church should be willing to do their jobs of overseeing the flock, shouldn't the members of the church be willing to do their job of spreading the gospel? And if the younger ones are to be humble, doesn't it take a willingness to be humble? We should desire to, to be humble, to serve the church. We should desire to preach the gospel. And then the, the third point I have this morning from verse 16 is we must not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We also can read in the, in the Bible that uh, the gospel brought Paul a lot of persecution. Second Corinthians does a great job of depicting everything he went through. And I would even say there was probably more he didn't write here. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 25. And it reads, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, and labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons, and prisons more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received, I forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beat with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. So, the persecution we'll face today will most likely not be as bad as Paul. But if Paul was willing to go through all that persecution for the cause of Christ, we should too. Christ tells us to be imitators of him, just as he is an imitator of Christ. So we should continually ask ourselves, are we willing to take the same persecution that Paul did all for the cause of Christ and when we're spreading the gospel? And if we're not, then maybe we should examine ourselves. Say, 
Am I really where I need to be as a Christian? And do we really have a reason to be ashamed of the gospel? It is the power of God unto salvation. We read that in Romans 1.16. And do we really believe that? If we don't, we should dive into the book. We should learn more. We should apply it to our hearts so that we can feel that way about the gospel and not be ashamed about it. Now, how could, be, how could one be ashamed about a gospel that has as much power as it? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Reads, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. And we should have woe if we don't preach the gospel. And 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. It reads, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So truly, there is no reason to be ashamed of the gospel. To be ashamed of that gospel is to be ashamed of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the gospel is God's saving power by which he saves men. So, as we come to a, a close here, we need to always be ready to take the gospel to all men with no shame. We can't discriminate who we take it to. We have to be ready and willing to take the gospel to everyone. And we have to put away any shame that we may have about the gospel. And remember the kind of man that Paul was before he was a Christian, when he was a Jew, when he was persecuting the church. He was consenting to stoning uh, Christians. Just remember that, and if you're struggling with uh, spreading the gospel or feeling ashamed of it, or you have, you're lacking willingness to do it, just remember where Paul came from. Remember the trials he went through for the cause of Christ. And there could always be worse situations to deal with than what we have. Just remember, we should turn to God when we struggle. So, if you're here this morning and uh, maybe you are struggling with spreading the gospel or you're, you're lacking willingness, or whatever the case may be, if you have some need that you need the prayers of the saints, please make it known. We, we will pray for you. We'll pray with you. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, you have an opportunity now to come forward and confess your belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and repent of your sins and be baptized for the remission of your sins to walk in the newness of life. But remember, you must live faithfully unto death to receive a crown of life. So if you have a need, please come forward as we sing the song of invitation. Thank you.